Game of Cool Podcast, Iteration 3. From the lands of Western Canada, look at all the pretty colored leaves. Welcome to this week from the Cave of Cool. From the lands of Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North, this is This Week from the Cave of Cool. I am Calvin Hyten. And I'm M.D. Jackson. And this is our Halloween episode where we're going to talk about all the great things that happened in October. Canadian Thanksgiving, scary movies, costumes that we wore, great Halloween stories, everything you want for your Halloween listening pleasure. It's yummy goodness and non-fattening. And it comes in little chocolate bars. As usual, Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool, why should I care? Well, you should care because the Cave of Cool is your place on the internet for everything cool related. I surf the internet all the time. I collect the best of the stuff that I think is interesting or cool. I review movies, television, comic books, anything pop culture. Cave of Cool is your source of cool. Doing it for 10 years, 42,000 posts, um, and millions, millions of potential followers. Can't be wrong. Well, you've sold me. That sounds great. How do I get me some of this internet goodness? You always go on to the Google, and the Google will take you to Calvin's Canadian Cave of Cool. You could even put Canadian Cave of Cool or just Cave of Cool, and it will pop up number one or two on your list. Follow the link and enjoy. And leave a comment and let me know that you're listening and that you're interested. We also, of course, will have the Cave of Cool YouTube page. Once I promise myself I'm going to find 25 awesome clips to start out with from throughout the, my Cave of Cool history. Um, and there will be great commercials, great um, trailers that we've mentioned, great video that you're going to love to go and see. And, and it's going to be in one place so you won't have to scroll and you won't have to look for things because with so many posts, I put them up pretty quick and it's pretty easy to miss something. So I wanted some place where you could see everything right away, all together. That sounds awesome. He locked up the barnyard with the graves of care. Out in the hen house up stood. When he hollered, Who's that? This is what he heard. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So quiet himself. Stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. We didn't have a podcast last week because of holidays. And I was on a mission that I, I, I can't talk about. But All yeah, right. Okay. you're right. However, we can talk about the fact that, that Thanksgiving in Canada happens actually before that does in, in the United States. Well, it's the first best and only true Thanksgiving. Yep. We all know that. We, it happens in – we have it ours in October. Right, and we don't lose our freaking minds. No. And we don't have a big sale uh, that day. Um, it, it, it's not an excuse to uh, kill a family member over an a argument over cheesy potatoes. I mean that's <laughs> – we're just, we're just a civilized Thanksgiving country. Yes, we're laid back. Right. We actually we had, had we had sushi ahead. for Thanksgiving. Oh, see? Yeah. And we don't care as long as we're eating together and we don't make a big deal about it, mm -hmm. right? That's right. And it's really just a long weekend. When you were in university, it was an excuse to go back home and do laundry and stuff for a weekend and get uh, fed a lot. Exactly. And you, you, you brought food back with you. To, oh, to yeah. Mom home. filled your trunk with, uh, with groceries. Yeah. Just uh, take it. Take it. Just take it. Yeah, that's right. But we – and, you know – with Thanksgiving, we want to talk about now. This is for American Thanksgiving. The old uh, classic WKRP in Cincinnati episode about the turkeys. Oh my God, that show was so good at the time, and it's too bad that the musical rights kept it from ever being on video. So you had to really tape it yourself when mm -hmm. it was in syndication to even have a copy of this. But they did some really great episodes, but none better than the Great Turkey Drop. And you don't have to see anything. The way Les Nesman and everybody plays it, you know, like when he, you know, wow, look. There's a something's coming out of the back of the helicopter. Yeah. A dark object. That's right. Possibly it starts with him. He's doing a remote. He's doing a remote at a at a grocery store. And, at a grocery and, store, and he sees the helicopter with the banner. And, and of course, Carlson has this great Turkey Day uh, giveaway idea. It's a helicopter, and it's coming this way. A helicopter. It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner, and it says, uh, "Happy." Thanks. <laughs> Giving. 
like old time radio and when he describes right. the turkeys coming down it's like the announcer for the hindenburg it's it's oh exactly and he played it just like that right oh the humanity yeah. golden yeah all the humanity <laughs> just the, the panic and and just the way that johnny and the rest of them back at the station are listening to it mm-hmm. oh it just doesn't get any funnier i know and, and of course the capper line of the whole thing is as, oh. as god is my witness I thought, I thought turkeys, turkeys could fly. fly. And I remember watching that first time with my dad, and we never stopped laughing. I mean, I think we just laughed for a day. Because just the way he came out, he was so sincere, eh? He was sincere. He did not know, right? Mm. And that leads me into another story which you reminded me of. And uh, bless you for remembering this. When I went to the University of uh, Alberta, mm. um, I was big involved in student government. So I used to hang around students' union building all the time. And uh, it was the agricultural students, the Aggies, and the engineers. For some reason, they had a blood feud that okay. probably went back to the 1800s where they dueled each other. Now, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, the engineers were having some stupid air guitar thing at noon, right, where people are dressing up. And if you know anything about the cab building in University of Alberta, it's basically uh, the middle is just like a big tower with all the stairs and all the kind of, uh, um, what am I thinking, of balconies kind of around, right? right? So from the very top of it, you can look right down onto the main floor, mm-hmm. and that's where they put the stage often, right? So these guys are performing, the music's loud, people are hanging around, and all of a sudden, these birds start dropping onto the stage. And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, okay, the Aggies are playing a little trick on them. They dropped a few chickens on them, right? Right. And you think they dropped the chickens from the first floor, maybe the second floor? Mm-hmm. They dropped them from, like, the eighth floor. Right. So these chickens hit the ground basically like sacks of wet cement. And the ones who could get a little lift with their pitiful little wings, because chickens don't fly very much, right? Uh, right. They're not a migrating bird species. You think agricultural students would know this, right? You think that they maybe some of them worked on a farm, and when they were doing this prank, some of them must have been in 4-H. And one of them must have said, hey, let's get birds that maybe will survive. It may not look good in our, our, our mythology if we kill these animals. But I swear to God, I was standing there. I was a little further back. I was standing there, and when things started to drop, I thought it was like bags of sand to begin with. Yeah. And when a few hit, and, and I'm telling you, there were splats of, of blood. And the ones that didn't immediately die were like <laughs> people were they were running around, and people were all freaking out because no one went to grab them and choke their necks out, right? Yeah. And actually, I think it was a few engineering students that did that. Um, there was maybe 10 that they dropped, and it was just a panic. It was just, you couldn't believe it, how, how, how everything almost shut down. And then, of course, the newspaper, the weekly newspaper comes out, and this was the funniest part, is that was the quote that the agricultural, the guy who, who was in charge of the Agricultural Student Society, that was the quote he used, as God is our witness, we thought chickens could fly. <laughs> and it, it, you probably got it there, but the fact that he used it, and it, it was like that banner headline, oh, Jam, it was just, that was like one of my very favorite university experiences. Yeah, even yeah, though it was one of the mo- it was one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen. In my I, life. I can imagine it must have been traumatizing. Oh, when I was a kid, like again, six years old on the farm, every year they they did the chicken kill, and I remember sitting in the house wearing this beautiful white shirt after church at, at the farm, screaming out the kitchen window as they're doing this, and my little sister in a pretty little dress had they pull the heads of the chicken, and she had a little hatchet, and she chop 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 chop. Until she chopped off the head and blood would squirt on her and she didn't care. And I'm screaming. I was just horrified. But she's walking around carrying a chicken head in her hand, waiting for them to call her over to, to throw another one into the boiling pot. It was just – she was like four. And she was just assassinating these freaking chickens like so, they do every year. So that was your Silence of the Lambs. 
it was my Silence of the Lambs. And in fact, when I saw that movie, I went, they could have called this movie The Silence of the Chickens because <laughs> I have seen it. And instead and, of Hannibal Lecter, it would have been your sister, a little pink dress. Oh, exactly. And, and of course, the hatchet, it was just like baby-sized, just enough that she could get a good chop in and take a head off with ones. But she oh. didn't usually. It was usually five or six little whacks. Oh, so dear. it was... Uh, I was hoping for a Mike the Headless Chicken, who was the very first thing I ever saw on, on the internet. About it was true. Guy went to cut off the chicken's head. I read about somehow that, yeah. the brain and the spine separated from the head, mm-hmm. and the chicken lived. Wonder, wonder and Mike. On, yes, and he used to he used to feed it with an eyedropper mm-hmm. and give it water, but it didn't have a head, and it lived a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I always think of Mike the Headless Chicken that he's walking around somewhere, just gonna get me. Yeah. <laughs> like the, a family vendetta. The world is a very <laughs> strange place, yeah. Oh, God, the one I lived in certainly was. And now this story is probably going to offend all the vegans, which which is a theme from this for this week. That's right, that's right. Halloween horrors. Yeah. <laughs> horrors uh, to begin with. Or, or just, you know, offending vegans. Yeah. Yes, oh, oh, see, see, there's another one. Yeah. I mean, you, you meet these people on Facebook, and sure, you don't know them from Adam, but you get attached to people. At least I do. Because I, like, I have no patience for real stupid, ignorant people. I have a Mormon on my list who it works my last nerve. And I know he's going to baptize me after death to be his pet on the planet Kolob. I think that's the only way he deals with me. But I think they're trained to argue with people who are diametrically opposed to them and really get them worked up by saying such stupid things. And I'm this close to blocking him and erasing him from my life forever. But I've given him a 100 chances, right? Because mm-hmm. basically he's an asshole, but he's my asshole, right? Mm. He's my asshole to kick around, right? He's my Mormon uh, stooge. Um, so uh, so I met this, I know this this girl online, and, she, and she's a vegan, and I never make any kind of comment about it. And, but the thing, I found her funny, I'm talking to her. She puts up this little thing, five things that are awesome about cows. And of course, none of them have to do with they taste delicious, of course. right? So I added that, right? Yeah. But also they taste delicious number six and then i got all of this flame and hate mail i said hey hey i only eat ones who want to die with dignity want to be euthanized or or suicidal or cows who have died fighting wars Mm -hmm. in other countries those ones i'll eat i don't just pick a cow off the street right i'm not an animal right of course they didn't find that funny either no (laughs) maybe it was my tone right so i find out the next day i'm like totally scrubbed everything i ever said ever you know my existence according to her is is it was gone, right? Yeah. Uh, all for that one stupid joke. So you and are don't know why erased from so existence. Because, yes, yes, because, of, because I, I yeah. eat meat. Yeah. And I went out and got two matzo burgers that same day to make myself feel better, and I did feel better. Actually, now when but I first – the, the day that I read that post of yours, I actually – that night right. I went out and, and had a burger, and it was delicious. So uh, right. At the risk right. of offending vegans, I mean, the burger was delicious. Uh, on the other hand – to counteract that, we, we also had a, a spinach dip, which was really good too. So You see, I can work both sides of that aisle, Yeah. right? I can do that. But don't get into my face about eating animals. I don't need a planet overpowered, overrun by cows and their methane farts and their rotten attitude sometimes, I'm telling you. You know, when a cow doesn't like the music you're playing, you know it, right? And they're worse than the llamas when it comes to gossiping on a farm. So, I mean, if we take a few of them out, the rest of them get in line, right? They understand that 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 could be your fate if you push your luck. Right. Right. And if you're in 4-H, buddy, that you're gone already. Oh. He may brush you every day and give you a sweet name, but you're dead already. The 4-H you're kids. Dead cow, yeah, dead cow walking. Story. That's, right? yeah. uh, dead cow walking. Okay. Just reminding everyone, our, our listeners, yeah, Calvin is from Alberta. So. Yes. Cows, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they have a different attitude about it. But again, I have no problem with them. If they want to be sickly and have no iron in their bodies and and, and have no sperm count and, and be mental and weak, okay, go ahead, right? Just oh. just expect me to be a little grumpy when I eat the same shit you do. All right. Right? But it just offended me because I'm delightful. And just to be dropped by somebody like that, it was just uh, – uh, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Because I was nice to her. I was good Unlike to her. the burger, which, which yes. didn't leave a bad taste. <laughs> right. I always leave them better than I found them, you know? Yeah. But they always seem to find some reason to get rid of me. I think it's a conspiracy myself. Because <laughs> it has oh, to be, okay. right? It can't be me. It can't be me. <laughs> it's not me. Like, like uh, Principal Skinner said, could it be me? No, no. no. It's the children. <laughs> of course it's the children.
well, Halloween is coming up. You know, October is the greatest month. It was the funnest month as a kid, you know, because you got change of scenery. You're you're into all your hobbies or whatever classes you're taking, like swimming lessons or whatever. And cadets is going, like when I was a, in, in cadets. And it was just a good month. To, it wasn't hot, so you could you didn't have to, you know, um, you, you could dress like a normal person, um, you know, during the fall. You know, sir, it was getting a little colder, and you couldn't ride your bike off that often. And winter was coming, but it was exciting. You know, it was a good, it was a good time. It's even, it's almost as good as June. Yeah. Well, October is a time for you know colorful leaves, mm-hmm. most of them on the ground. Yeah. And, uh, and I like and, that. You know, pumpkins. Oh, pumpkins are fine. I like the carving pumpkins. I love the way they do them these days. The complicated ones are amazing. We could never do that um, when we were kids, right? I, All our pumpkins look like pumpkins. Yeah, well, we didn't have the patience. And oh no, I don't really. And again, have, you don't either for that. I don't have the patience today. I, <laughs> I do a face. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, and again, I I don't understand how the stencils work, but I love the whole negative um, space, you know, that you can get with the light behind it, and just some of the amazing things they can create. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very impressed with that. I could watch that channel all day too. Yeah. The pumpkin carving channel. Pumpkin carving. Channel. Um, but then again, you know, sometimes it goes wrong. You know, if I could tell another story. You have a story about that. I do have a story. As a teacher, October was a cool time, too, because everything was cooking along, right? You could lift your head up for a moment, see what was going on around you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The kids were pretty much, you know, they're under groove, they're trained. Um, I taught in a K-12 school which often, which was cool, because the little kids would go around and do a uh, costume parade on Halloween Day. And that was neat. And all the bigger kids would have candy to give to them. Mm -hmm. And I would always say, you eat the candy before you give it to those little kids and you will not get any more candy. Because I'd have a big bag, right? Mm -hmm. You will get this bag if you give away the little bags. If you eat the little bags, I will eat the big bag. (laughs) And, And it only takes one offender. One of you can ruin it for everybody. If I see one of those little bags opened, even if you take out a, 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 an M&M, right? All of you will suffer. Right, because when the kids come by, they we give them candy, and I didn't want anybody to go. What? I thought it was for me, right? Right. Yeah, just some teenage dickhead, right? And I had to threaten them. It was like a half-hour job just to get this to work, but it was always fun because the little kids would come by, and and there was always like a, a, a new teachers. New teachers were always interesting to watch at that time because they're always full of enthusiasm and they always want to you know be involved and and start these. You know what house leagues are. You know where they divide all the kids into four groups, right? Like a Gryffindor, Slytherin, you know, Hufflepuff. Yeah. It was like that, but they give them colors or they made up names, and mm-hmm. they assigned us teachers to some group, and they never had them in the same classes. So, and and they got points for things they did good or or things they won over lunchtime. And at the end of the year, the parents gave a a, a celebratory um, uh, barbecue, right? Right. A bunch of bullshit, but it just it was a time killer. Mm-hmm. So. One one very very enthusiastic new teacher took this on, and she was gonna gonna be controlling does all these house leagues and give all the spirit, and she was the spirit kid in university, and I think she was a cheerleader at some university, you know what I mean? Yeah. They still have them, and so she was just into all that stuff. She was very perky and and, and earnest and very type I, I, A personality. Oh yeah, and I I knew she'd burn out and die very quickly in this profession because mm-hmm. she didn't have that cynical edge that you need, right? She didn't need, she didn't hate some of the children like you need, right? She just found something good in everybody, and there just isn't. Some of them are germy little window-licking rats, right? And they just are. I'm sorry you raised your child like that. But anyway, so she – it was, of course, Halloween, and she wanted to do a pumpkin carving thing. And we went, oh, that's great. You know, they'll get awards. There'll be, there, there were prizes. You can win candy prizes. You can win uh, free, tr- free tickets to the dance. Woo, you know, like this was big time. Yeah, and she said reasonable. it uh, perfect. She set it up with a couple of the new, other new teachers. I think there were three of them, a guy and two girls. Mm-hmm. And the guy was Asian, and he always looked like deer in the headlights, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was panicked enough. So he, he shouldn't have been involved in this project at all to begin with, right? Because he was twitchy to begin with. Um, so she got all the kids in there, and she got all the spirit, and everybody was cheering and stuff. And, and then she kicked all the teachers because said, this is, oh, I don't want you to see them. when, the, when I only want you to see the, the finished carving product, right? Right. She had about maybe 20 pumpkins on this table. And, of course, they're all the same size because you're right. She's very type A, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she had some little plans. She had uh, um, uh, photocopied so they could put them, you know, she could, they could actually come up with something. Right. And she had been hyping it all week, so she was hoping kids would bring their own designs, right? right. It would become like this tradition that would span the generations. It would be like the Rose Bowl Parade. Yeah. So that, that's how much it was all hyped. So we're so all on, sitting Now, on paper, this sounds like a great idea. 
oh, it's a beautiful uh, spirit idea. It's a it's a young teacher really trying to make her bones, right? You got You had to respect her for her enthusiasms. Yeah. So right? how did it go south? Well, uh, the worst part is when you kick the teachers out, and then she made it. It was a beautiful idea, but she made it a speed event. She gave everybody two minutes to carve these popcorns, pop, popcorns, pumpkins with real knives, not those rubbery, uh, fake ones they give you when you buy the pumpkin carving kit. Yeah. These were like these were like she brought them from home. These were like little br- uh, steak knives. So she gave the kids uh, a bunch of sharp knives and told them uh, to go quick. Go quick! You got two minutes, right? Okay. Um, the next thing we heard was screaming coming from the gym, and the gym was near the, the staff room. And, of course, we all run in. You know, it's like almost like a Three Stooges move where three guys are trying to get out the door at the same time. They uh-huh. hit it at the same time, right? And, we get, you know, we stuck together. And so we run in there, and it's a panic. We've got kids trying to get out of the main gym doors, which are locked. Mm-hmm. We've got kids running towards us trying to get out the only exit, right? Mm-hmm. We've got screaming. We've got blood, golden ambulance, so good, anyone want, right? And we see kids on the stage holding, one kid had his shirt off, rubbing, wrapping it around uh, a girl's hand, right? Oh, my God. Oh my God! There was like the, the blood everywhere, chaos. It was just. It took us probably a few minutes to figure out what was going on. Uh-huh. And of course, while that's going on, the kids in the hallway are telling other kids um, that uh, some kids slit some other kids' throat. You know, they're phoning home. It's it's, it's as become, kids will do. It, as will do. It was even before um, uh, cell phones. So. It, it was like the one phone in the hallway. Kids are lined up to phone their folks. Kids are running across the street where they where they they live across the street from the school. Uh-huh. They're running to go and tell their parents right, right that they were almost murdered in the gym by a pumpkin carving lunatic. Um, of course, when all it all settled down and the parent teacher meeting had happened, <laughs> which I saw coming mandatory right yeah and the whole town shows up and what the hell happened and who's watching our children and. The guy who was with me who's been there 30 years and they all respected. Got up and said, "Guys, no one died. Three kids got a few stitches. One got about 10 stitches. Okay, okay, it's a little deep cut. You get worse on the farm. Now, no Have one lost any- been on the farm. We- no one what? lost any fingers. No one lost an eye. No, no fingers. No, it was just hands were cut, right? Right. Um, and and minute that happened, nobody else picked up a knife and did anything because everyone was freaked out by the blood. Even even the toughest guys, right? <laughs> The one boy that jumped, uh, and he was like that. It was so funny because he was like that uh, class captain that everyone loved him. Beautiful, you know, farm boy. He, he was going to be an actor someday or an athlete, right? Right. He was the only one that jumped up on the stage, took off his shirt, of course, probably to show off his body, the proud little freak, and and then wrapped it around the girl's hand. So he was like the only boy who like stepped up, right? Right. And don't think those girls didn't forget about that, right? <laughs> For the whole year, uh, but. Oh my God! I've never seen. Uh, and, and she was a, a blonde, pale girl to begin with. I've, I, and I've never seen a human being that pale. Uh-huh. I've seen albinos who had more color than than she did in her face. And she was just uh, destroyed. It was her Vietnam. I mean, <laughs> she had after that. She had that thousand lo- miles st- or yard stare, thousand, right? Yeah, PTSD. Thousand, yeah, she was like the, the horror, the horror. You know, that you know. <laughs> With that, with that rag on her head, like Colonel Kurtz. I mean, yeah. it was hard, hard of fucking darkness for her. Um, and I really, I, it, after a while, she kind of, it was okay, but she was never the same. And really, she might have made it to the end of the year, but the snake incident did her in. Oh, the snake. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Fun. Story for another time. But basically, she planned another event involving a python um, who went to the bathroom on a bunch of kindergartners uh-huh. because pythons will eat once a week and then go to the bathroom when they feel like it. Yeah. Uh, and of course. As it started to poop at one end of the long um, bench that all these kindergartners were sitting on with it, mm-hmm. like they stretched it over the laps of these kids, right? Yeah. And it was pretty exciting for them. And that snake was used to this, but he just had to go. Yeah. So when the shit hit the kid at the end of the bench, <laughs> it kind of was a ripple effect as kids freaking out as they saw this, right? Yeah. And of course, they all stand up, drop the snake. <laughs> Snakes pooping, freaking out. Poop is everywhere. Got kindergarten kids are screaming. Every kid's screaming again, uh-huh. right? Next thing you know, you know, snakes in the, you know, I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking school. Because it was like, because it was like the whole school had now been invaded by pythons, right? And it was only a guy who lived in the next town who kept these big animals. He was a junior high teacher, and he brought them to schools all the time to show them off, right? Uh-huh. He'd put a whole a necklace of of cotton uh, uh, tail snakes, right? Cotton snakes, right? right. 
because they're you know around people's necks. And he had two big pythons and boas, and he had all kinds of stuff. And of course, this happened, and and it was and she had planned this because it, it was her science class, and it was like she didn't do anything wrong, but she just took it so badly to heart, uh-huh. you know, like she was just jinxed. You know, she had she had imagined the kids getting stuck, Melhouse getting eaten by a python, right? And the and his body shape in the shape of the of the snake, you know, that's all she saw at the end of it. Oh um, dear. Well, so that's so she didn't last a year. No, no, she she left after spring break. She never came back. That, that's an in, ignoble end to a tragic career. A tragic career. And again, the first one I could blame her a little for because mm-hmm. there was bloodshed, and it's hard to when you bleed a kid. It's really hard to yeah. I know. Well, Get you away know, from giving crap. kids sharp knives and telling them to go really, really fast is, is not the smartest idea. Yeah. No. But the snake, no, you thought, okay, you know, sure, well, the, snake. It was but, fine. There were lots of snakes in that, in that, and every kid was, woo, woo. It was like when the, the guy brought his cougar in, right? Or cougar. the guy that has the, he had brought cougar in, and that was fine. The cougar was great. You know, these are kind of things they don't let kids. you do in schools anymore. Well, we're in Alberta here. Yeah. They've even got that bear that acts in things and got they, they give the bear shit or the guy the shit because they, he took him through the Dairy Queen drive through yeah. to get a, 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 a snow a cone, ice cream mm-hmm. cone. And the bear had they had a picture of the bear with his head out the window and the the server was giving him the cone, right? Right. And yeah. the bear's very, very, very tame. Yeah. Like it's a puppy. And of course people freaked out. But that bear I've seen him in schools walking through the the, the kids sitting in and the on the floor. Yeah. And that's an experience. This yeah. Well, this is, you know, this is life in Canada. I mean, in Alberta, mm-hmm. this is kind of things happening. That's right. I, I grew up up north in northern British Columbia. Right. And and in our high school, we had actually a class where a couple of mountain men actually came to came to the school and showed us how to skin small animals and stretch their hides. Whoa. Kind of things you just don't have happen anymore. I mean, you can't even dissect a frog. No. I remember the same thing. In, in high school, we got to pith the frog. The frogs have a little, like, soft spot in the back of their head, mm-hmm. and you stick a little needle into the back. And you scramble his brain, mm-hmm. and, and he dies instantly. Yeah, and it's called pithing the frog. Right, and it was like it was like we watched this Vietnam movie. What are you going to do? I'm going to go behind the frog, and I'm going to go and stick in a pith in his head and scramble his brain, and it'll be instant rag frog. Right, and it was from this this Vietnam movie. <laughs> and so we got I'm going to scramble his brain, and we had one kid who wanted to kill all the frogs. Right, <laughs> so we kept an eye on him. I'll do your frog if you don't want to. I got no problem with that. I done three already. Right, if you're a little shy. <laughs> Yeah, but oh. we haven't given you your frog yet. Ah, yeah, yeah. I did three in the hallway, right? <laughs> so they get, they give you the live frog, and to do that was was bad enough. Yeah. So I can't imagine like a something with fur on it. Yeah, it was a little cute. Uh, you know, times have changed. I mean, people freak out when the governor general eats seal meat up in you know. The oh yeah, Inuit exactly. Country, well, but... if you're up north, they call it muck tuck, and people chew it like it's bubble gum. Yeah. Right. But this is this is life in Canada, and this is October yes. in Canada, and. You know, yep. In Canada, in a lot of countries or a lot of uh, towns in in the country, I mean, it's a regular occurrence that you have to accommodate a snowsuit into your Halloween costume. If your Halloween costume doesn't fit over your snowsuit, you ain't going out. That's right. And how many times did did your parents buy you two costumes, and one just was with those cheap masks, those Ben Cooper masks that last only one night, if mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, the the uh, elastic that holds it on always comes out, mm-hmm. um, and they they decay on your face as you're wearing it. I don't know what it is when they're exposed <laughs> to air. Uh-huh. They fall, they fall apart or crack or whatever, yeah. right? They never last a day. So that was like your your final go to under my toque, uh, under my hood costume, right? Yeah. And if you're lucky, your dad was a little creative with with some glow in the dark tape, and made you like a little zebra or something, right? <laughs> but that that happened maybe once when you're a toddler, right? Yeah. <laughs> then you got bored with it. Yeah, my was, my I'm what my I remember being uh, out for Halloween. My me and my younger brother, Batman and Robin. Knee deep in the snow, so you know. Did you look like Batman and Robin, or you just had the, the mask? We thought we did. We probably okay. didn't. So you really had like other accessories. Uh, yeah. Well, you had to. You know, you had to. Actually right. Have, yeah. Of course. You had to accommodate. The cape, you had the cape. Okay. Over the snowsuit. We could talk about costumes. Just to be, just costume one second. Okay. My mother, I found this um, simplicity pattern for a Robin costume. Oh yeah. And for ten years, I might have, I must have asked her to to make it for me. Mm-hmm. Like every January, I would ask. Yeah. So she had plenty of go- lead time. Never got it. Never got it. Mm-hmm. But my best costume, if we're talking just costumes before we go to movies, um, it was it was the, the summer after Star Wars, right? 12 right. years old, grade 7, junior high dance. Mm-hmm. I was Luke Skywalker. Okay. I had everything. I had the white clothing. I had the white belt, the military belt, white pouches. I had a, my own little binoculars in there. And my father... 
And he even says to this day, we should have, we could have made a million dollars with this invention. And I go, Dad, George Lucas would have sued our asses off. We would never got a penny for it. He took this black um, military um, flashlight. You know the ones? They have all these discs, different colored discs. Yep. Like you get a red one, a blue one, a normal white one, and you get a, a reflective one. And he got a tube and duct taped the tube to the edge end of the flashlight and put the reflective uh, little thing at the at the top. So it reflected the light back. Right. So it was almost twice as bright as a normal flashlight, mm-hmm. and it was contained inside the tube. So he invented like this lightsaber before which, they were ever even sold. Which you can buy in Walmart now, those guys. Oh, exactly. For, and the guys who make them in China must make a mint, right? Right. Um, and you can buy really high-end ones that actually work and make the sound and whoosh, whoosh, you know, when you – and you can build your own even. Yeah. They come with kits that can do that. But in 77, that was a rare thing. And I will, and people to this day, if they remember me, they remember – the two things they remember about me is the guy loved Star Wars and the guy was the greatest Luke Skywalker costume I'd ever seen at a Halloween party. I even got to dance with Wendy Hutchinson, who I had a huge crush on, and she had no use for me um, <laughs> because I spelled maybe as Mabby. Uh-huh. Like M A B E Y right. instead of M A Y B E, which all the kids that, do these days. Oh, of course, but that incensed her. Yeah, that I couldn't. Can't you spell it? It's not Mabby. It's Maybe, right, right in front of everybody. But but so, there you were, you know, dressed like Luke Skywalker. You oh, were suddenly. I, I was dreamy. Yeah. I was dreamy as him, mm-hmm. right? Maybe dreamier. So I got to dance with her to that Grease song. You're the one that I want, and we won the dance contest. And I was that was a that was a crowning moment. I said, "Thank you, Luke." So that was Luke, your blowing up the Death Star moment. That was my moment. That's right. Luke, you turned off your targeting computer. I don't care. I'm going in to ask her. Luke, you turned off your targeting computer. Right? And there was a Darth Vader there, and he was so lame. Use the force, like, Luke. He was like a black bodysuit, and his dad made the mask, and I don't think his dad saw the movie. Yeah. I mean, it was between me and him, it was like sad. Yeah. And he had a little stick, a little white piece of wood that was his lightsaber, and it wasn't even red. Oh. And I just felt so bad for him. Right? Because I was I was more awesome than awesome. Nowadays, cosplayers, right? It, I'd be weak, but in those days, it's like I invented cosplay that night. Yep. Some foreign exchange student from Malaysia must have been there and saw it, and then went, oh, and took that back to his country and started this phenomenon. <laughs> so that was mine. Did you have a best costume? Did you? Uh, have- uh, you know what? I I I remember I had a bozo the count the clown costume. And you admit that openly? I don't know why. I have a. I don't remember wearing it. I see a picture of me, you know, <laughs> right. a picture of me, right. and it's like, why the heck was I dressed? As I don't remember this. We used to dress you like Bozo the Clown. We used to do it every day. You know, <laughs> Batman and Robin, and of course, you know, I, I, the ubiquitous Star Trek shirt. I would, you know, you put a blue shirt, you, you know, cut out a little shape with a, a thing on your chest and pointed ears, and you're Mr. Spock. That's that oh was my. God, that's freaking brilliant. Why didn't I ever think of that? That's freaking brilliant. That was my thing. I was a pirate a lot of times too because I used to like to go and buy the accessories at the at the uh, uh, drugstore, mm-hmm. right? So I had a whole bandolero of like flint and lock pistols. I had three swords, ten blades, you know, all this jewelry. I looked like uh, I, I was I looked like Johnny Depp, but only not as a feminine or drunk, right? <laughs> like I just had I had nice hat. I had the little um, 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 do rag. Um, I had a pair of cuffs that I could put on made my, my pants look like boots, right? Mm-hmm. But I bought like through the year, so I always had something flashy. And even as an adult, that was like my go-to. I'll be a pirate again. Yeah. And I actually had a little, my dad come up and say, yeah, I had a little stuffed parrot that, you know, one of the ones you get at the fair. Oh, he sewed it onto my coat. <laughs> and of course it didn't stay on, so it was always flopping over. Yeah. So I could make the ex-parrot joke, right? Which was a funny joke to make, the Money Python one. Yeah, right. What's that? It's a, my ex-parrot, <laughs> right? And the people who got it, it was you know, it was a good way to to schmooze the ladies. Yeah. But I'd love to be a cosplayer. Like I'd love to do like a really cool Doctor Doom or something. Or mm-hmm. but those guys, God, they have skills I do not. They, that's that's just next level costuming. And you actually got the new store set open up all, every year. Those those seasonal Halloween stores. Yeah. Those are brilliant. The stuff you can get in there. Um, are just amazing. We don't actually have one in our town. We've just got the sort of sad collection of, of costumes that are in the local. Oh, and the bad makeup, but... the bad makeup, and the yeah. bad the fang teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never liked those. Or the one to show you how to put a scar on, like big deal. Give me some mascara, I can do that. But did you ever do the one where you get the putty and you try to be? You think you're Lon Chaney? I tried. Yeah, no, yeah. it never works. Never works. No. Never works. But I, again, I, but the ones one we have in our town, I went and the armor I could have gotten. I mean, God, I, I was tempted to buy the, all these shields. I thought, I'm going to start a Halloween shield collection because I've got my Captain America life-size shield. 
mm-hmm. which I bought for like fifty bucks when the when the movie first came out, right. which I'm so glad I did. And I got a Wonder Woman shield from mm-hmm. the, like the movie. That's a nice metal one this year. So I saw some other ones. I thought, man, these look good. Mm-hmm. But you know, you gotta have a place to hang them all up. And I got all my action figures. But I, I was sorely tempted, right? Yeah. If I was teaching again, I definitely would have put together a great um, uh, Viking warrior outfit. Yeah. And you could do it for like under a hundred bucks. And have a cool-looking sword and a cool, cool helmet with the little horns coming out. Of you course, yeah. yeah. Do you uh, like scary movies? Are you one of the ones? Are you, you know like what? a big baby like me? I, I'm a big baby. Me too. And and the one that scares me the most right now, I mean, the the previews for it scared me. I was like, I can't watch that. I, I, I've talked about this before. I don't fucking do clowns. I don't. Yeah. And in fact, uh, my mother got me a Stephen King book every year that I can remember, right? Mm. At Christmas time, I used to get, the, I even got Richard Bachman books, right? When he wrote under that alias, right? right? Like Thinner, I think he did on that one. Yeah. And I think he did, uh, uh, the, the, wasn't that future one? Um, um, the Running Man yes. was under that one too. Okay. Now, I've, I've, read all, I've read the Stephen King stories. I mean, I read it. See, I didn't. That was the first one I stopped. I think it came out after Salem's Lot or strange i'm not sure but i i i stopped there because i said i'm not doing this clown one man and then when it came on tv with tim curry it was his must-see tv for all the kids i never saw it i, I watched it, watch it disappointed but okay pet cemetery so many trees it's beautiful right it's definitely not boston here we go okay so what do you think wow this whole place is ours i even got him to throw in a whole forest is a new backyard. That's oh, one of the ones no. that, that's one of the books that actually did scare me. Love well, that book. Scared I me, love that book. It scared me. I love him with the cats. Poor Church the Cat comes back and he's evil mm-hmm. Church the Cat when he gets hit by the car. But that toddler running around with the scalpel the, after yeah, Fred Wynn. That whole aspect of it is something that I couldn't. When I, you know, when I was younger, I still kept I, I, with it. It didn't bother me, but you know, of course, got older, you had kids. That's the kind right. of thing that just gets in your under your skin. And where he cut them? Yeah, right, but, right, right. Where a little toddler would the little bastards, eh? <laughs> right, your Achilles tendon, so you you can't walk. Now there, then, you get, then you're down to his level. Yeah. So this is a second. There's a second movie, a, a new movie right. with uh, John Pet Lithgow, Cemetery, which star, which stars um, John Lithgow. Those woods. To something else. There was a, a earlier version, and I loved it. 90s. I really enjoyed the version. It was on a lot of times at the age of when uh, you had movie channels. Yeah, it was on a lot, so I saw it a lot, and I enjoyed it. It was one of those ones I li- even like Sleepwalkers because the, the kitty saved the day at the end. I like Sleepwalkers. Actually, I had the good fortune of interviewing uh, Mick Garris, who's the director of Sleepwalkers. Oh, cool! Uh, before it came out. So we and were I love, and love when the kitties at the end they they're running around the fire in the front yard mm-hmm. and all the kitties come and save the town. Yep. Um, and take them out because they don't like the cats. I just love that. That that was one of my very favorite of his that books. Was an awesome. I, movie. I, I don't I, I don't believe I I'm hurt that it doesn't get more uh, praise than it does. But I think it came out the same time he's making things like Maximum Overdrive and other things that were not as successful. Yes. So it kind of gets lumped in. Was, yeah. Pet Pet Cemetery, the original one, I you know was a little disappointing. I mean it was. Not as scary as it could have been. This next, this new one, I saw the, tra- the trailer for it today. Yeah. I, I can't watch it. It just looks too scary. The ground is bad. God! Maybe just some crazy folk tale. But there is something up in those woods. Brings things back. Sometimes dead is better. I just, I, I just, I can't do it. I can't do torture porn anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's like all those killer ones. Um, the one I do really like, and it's right on the edge of what I can stand, is the Wreck movies. The French movies about zombies. Right. And, and, and the first Wreck takes place in a building that's got these reporter and these SWAT team. And the building's been quarantined. And it's dark, and they're narrow corners. That one scared the crap out of me. Wreck 3 is about a wedding where all the wedding party and only the bride and the groom are fighting off like their own relatives that are zombies. <laughs> and that bride got her big day ruined, and she is 
pissed, right? And she has a chainsaw, and she's taking out mom and dad and auntie and uncle, and and it it it's so over the top, it's so good. It's like I like things like that. I like Final Destination movies because of the genius of the deaths, the Rube Goldberg like um, design of the deaths. You've seen right. any of those ones? Final Destination? I, I have not seen them. No, my okay. my daughter has told me a lot about about them and. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm gonna, uh, that I'm going to put up on our YouTube channel when I get about 20 of the videos is the top 10 um, well, Final Destination deaths. Mm-hmm. And there are some really, really good ones. And it's just really creative how everything happens. Uh-huh. Um, I like those ones. Um, but I'm really and, – and the first Saw I watched on TV – Mm-hmm. And I was I was never more frightened in, when that part you know the part that happened you seen Saw I couldn't finish it okay I, then I you, missed, so disturbed you missed by it. you know what you missed the best part okay spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert you know can I tell you the twist sure you know the dead guy on the floor yeah he's alive the whole time oh really okay he stands the fuck he stands the fuck up about three quarters of the way through. And tells both these guys that they're fucked. And, and I swear to God, I, I didn't crap for three days. My sphincter was just <laughs> tightened up. He was dead the whole, he was alive the whole time. Yeah. Listening to them doing their little debate. And then he just walks out of the room. And I swear, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and, and, and then of course the rest of the saws get, get, again, creative with their, their death traps, but nobody would ever do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody's that intelligent with those resources and has the damn time. To practice to make sure that works. How do you how do you test one of those? Yeah, and and you know the guy saw. buying buying stuff at Home Hardware, you know, yeah. might yeah. raise a red flag somewhere. You might, yeah. Where do you get a a guillotine these days, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, with electronics. Yeah. The <laughs> other now the other trailer that I saw recently was for Glass. Elijah has changed over the years. He's given up. We keep him heavily sedated. But there is a reason for that. He's too smart for them. You won't be lonely anymore. You have two new friends. The three of you think you have extraordinary gifts, like something out of a comic book. I've developed an effective treatment for this disorder. The light will force a different identity to take over. Por favor, senora. I want my headphones back. Step away from the controls now, little doctor. Can't beat the beast! So you're not going to shake my hand and let me walk out of here? <laughs> Good for you. They, they oh just released God, a second trailer good. for that. This is the yeah, M. Night break- Shyamalan yes. movie. Yes. This is the sequel to Unbreakable. Yes, he has a lot to make up for. He had that one great movie, of course, mm-hmm. Sixth Sense. Yep. Um, and he'd been riding it for a long time. No, I like Unbreakable. Lot- uh, see, now he, I'm gonna, that's my point. He wrote and made a lot of bad movies, then he made Unbreakable. And Unbreakable to me, I, I mentioned this on my blog, I, I cannot adequately explain to another human being why Unbreakable is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It is so amazing, the layers in that movie. And the mythology and the way he understands comic books and, and the whole thing about Mr. Glass versus David and how they're extremes, polar extremes. And that one scene where the son, you know, is going to shoot him to see if he, cause he knows he's invincible. It, it, it's, yeah, right? it's, and it, it disturbs you. Yeah. The next morning he comes down for breakfast. There's no sound in the kitchen. He sits, he's looking down at his cereal. All of a sudden the newspaper slides in front of him with a headline of a man in that, in that poncho mm-hmm. saving somebody. Yeah. Uh, right, and he, he looks up at his dad, and his dad mouths the words, "You were right." Yeah, and then looks at his, and the kid just, uh, and he and he looks at the mother and goes, "No, no, she can't know," kind of thing, right? Yeah, and the kid's like, "Yeah, okay," but that's one scene, just my my heart explodes mm-hmm. because to, to tell the kid he was right all along, it, amazing. I never seen Split because again, James McAvoy, I love him, but it looked like when he was playing the little girl, I wouldn't get into it. Yeah. But I hear Split is very good. Now, is it? Well, I didn't. What I had no interest in seeing Split. My daughter saw it. She said it was really good. Now that I know about Unbreakable or uh, Glass, right. I'm definitely got to go it. see Split. Right. Or, uh, but again, I was like you. I had no interest in seeing it. Yeah. It just looked like a guy with, with personality disorders. But now that I understand that he's a superhero too, mm-hmm. and I love the way in the trailer that they reveal by light, they switches his. That is brilliant. Yeah. That is a great movie device mm-hmm. because that allows Samuel to do the same thing. Yeah. To so get Glass, us the guy he wants. Yeah. Glass brings back Bruce Willis. 
Uh, as David, the Invincible. As David, man. yeah. Uh, it brings in uh, James McAvoy as the, the as the Beast, as the Beast, uh, and all of the other characters that he, that yes. he is. Uh, and of course, Samuel L. Jackson as Mr. Glass, which is, of course, what we're all waiting to see. Right. And all his mother says, they never suspect a mastermind. Yep. Right? And I like like it that he's so handicapped, you know? Mm -hmm. And that line at the end of Unbreakable, they called me Mr. Glass. Right? And usually, the villain and the hero are friends. Right? Like you and me. (laughs) Right? And when and David sees all the clips, and you see the comic book covers, Mm. and he finally, he gets it, right? Yeah. And he shakes his hand, and then he knows what he did. And he tells him, this is, this is when we shake hands, right? And for that is a great villain. Yeah. Samuel Jackson is one of the great movie villains of all time because he understands the hero so well that he doesn't want to kill him. It's like the Joker in Batman. Yeah. To kill Batman, it, it, it ruins the joke. Well, yeah. To punish Batman by being a jokey asshole mm-hmm. um, is, what's, is what is great about the Joker. And that's what's great about Mr. Glass. He, 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 he forces David into being a better hero. Mm-hmm. The hero he doesn't want to be. So in a way, he's the hero himself, right? In, in Even a though he's an way, asshole. Yeah. Yes. So and I love the depth of that. So Glass M. Night, is something I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Me too. If M. Night Fox is up, I mentioned too, I'm going to hunt him down, okay. and he's going to get some Cave of Cool, frozen bag of oranges, justice, because he has no right to fuck that up for me. And I will watch Split. And if, and if it doesn't all pay off for me in the end, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to use my forum, my, my internet, my world forum, mm. To take him out. If it's my last thing I ever do in my life. Well, M. M. Knight has had a lot of internet hate, but hopefully he can pull it up with this. He's never had Cave of Cool hate, though. No. I had a vegan get rid of me. Come on. I'm enemy number one into vegans. Um, I'm, I'm patient zero. <laughs> Meat uh, zero. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself questioning something the government may not be looking at i found something really bad and i have been taken now okay now before we go off i want to talk about venom now you've seen venom i have seen venom how was it um again venom venom was was good for what it was um, it's it's a good movie, but it's one of those movies you're sitting there and you're asking yourself a thousand questions while you're watching it. Venom suffers from it's it's the only thing that it could really uh, that really hand, handicaps it. It's Spider-Man's origin. It needs Spider-Man because what made Venom so great is he was such a great foil for Spider-Man. He knew all of Spider-Man's secrets because he had bonded with him. Mm-hmm. He had borrowed Spider-Man's body at night to go and do justice himself, um, and he, he Peter fought him the whole time. That he was doing his venom stuff, right? Right. Even though at first Peter didn't know that he was possessed by the symbiote, so he reveled in the power that the new venom suit gave him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eddie Brock, I think he kind of accepts it a little too easily. Yeah. I think uh, we've seen all the the stuff that happens in the trailer. I love the voice. I love this whole attitude, but there's an act three shift in the motivations of Venom and Eddie that is so jarring that you just go, "What the fuck?" One minute, Eddie's a bad guy, but now he's a rebel trying to save Earth from uh, this alien invasion of other symbiotes like himself. Because he fights another symbiote, right? Right. Um, who's, who kind of is coming to take over Earth, like Venom was. But now Venom wants to be a good guy because he, he, he hooked up with Tom Hardy. Yeah. It just doesn't – it smells – it just doesn't pass, pass the, the smell test. Uh-huh. And, and you're watching it going, oh, but okay, Why? What's what's so charming about Earth? Okay, you can blend with these people, but is it, you know, why not have control the planet? Why not have them? They know, and they know a certain frequency that will fuck Venom up mm-hmm. and fuck right up. So why don't they have this running all the time, right? On every cell phone, it goes near, yeah. he gets the zap, right? Okay, why right. not broadcast it over the freaking planet? That 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 hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Michelle Williams, who's totally wasted. As the as the obligatory girlfriend who breaks up with Eddie because he's a weirdo, but then of course helps him out later on, right? And she has a new boyfriend, just happens to be a doctor, so be, uh, Eddie could get medically taught research. She's a lawyer, but somehow she can produce the exact sound that repels venom on a nor ordinary um, a desktop computer, right? <laughs> and it's things like that that I just go, what did she get a double law degree from MIT and Harvard? Right, a law, a law, you know, science degree. It, it, it just, 
it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, Venom's very cool. And then, you know, he eats this bad guy at the end. And I wanted to see, like with Milhouse and the snake, I wanted to see him actually consume the guy. Yeah. And, go, and the body kind of expand and back, right? Yeah. Um, to Venom. But they don't even do that effect. No. Right, and all the effects are fairly bloodless. When he fights all the the cops and security guys, of course they're smart enough in movie terms to throw tear gas at him and flash grenades, so he's he's camouflaged by the smoke, mm-hmm. so he can sneak up on all of them, right? right, one at a time with his speed, and and he's got those extending um, gummy limbs that he never really had before. Like he can make claws and stuff, right? right. But he couldn't make bladed weapons and and stuff like that, right? It, and, and again, they never explain. There's lots of stuff they never explain about their relationship, um, their, their their symbiosis, mm-hmm. right? Um, like Eddie eats some rotten chicken, he pukes. Venom eats a guy's head, Eddie doesn't puke. You know what I mean? It, well, and again, if the guy I, if the guy had eaten the rotten chicken, maybe he would have. I don't know. Right? Like if he had gotten away with eating a whole can of rotten chicken out of the garbage because Venom was hungry, fine. But then they show him puking. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, and I love the voice of Venom. It was really good. Like when he goes pancreas, like in the, in the trailer. Yeah. I love the way he's discussing all the body parts. Um, it was good. It, again, it's good, but it's it, you're asking yourself way too many questions. And I shouldn't be rewriting a movie in my head like Venom. Mm-hmm. And maybe I suffer from it because I'm, I know the character so well. And I was there right from the beginning of in Secret Wars when Spidey got the symbiote costume. Yeah. I guess his Spidey costume was destroyed, so he saw one in a lab. He thought it was a, a cloth-making device, but it was actually a prison for the symbiote. Yeah. So it, it, it morphed into his costume. Yeah. Um, then it occurred to Venom, of course. But again, Tom Hardy's good. He's good in everything, but he plays it very weird. He plays like he's he's like mentally unbalanced and un- he hasn't slept in a month. And mm-hmm. and you wouldn't believe he's this top-notch investigative reporter because everyone he works with fires him, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. Or he gets threatened or, yeah. or whatever, right? And they never explain how um, these things came from space because apparently they were collected by this billionaire who sent craft into space to explore. Mm-hmm. And they found it in space on an asteroid. Yeah. Right? Come on. Because honestly, if a billionaire is going to send a rocket ship out into space, the one thing he's looking for is like alien creatures that's going to fuck right. everything up. And, and, yes, yeah, right. And they make it clear that this that was his intention the whole time. Yep. Was to seek out a way to improve humanity by creating symbiosis. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it just, again, it seems like the first script they made, the first script that was written, they just filmed. Yeah. Because it's Sony. Bill- had- it's always the billionaires who are, you know. You, yeah, you, it yeah. just makes you wonder about you know Elon Musk. You know what, what the heck is he really going looking for? Well, when SpaceX. I saw him smoke a doobie there on on John Ro- uh, Joe Rogan's uh, radio program, I'm yeah. thinking he can't be that evil, right? He's 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 one lab accident away from becoming a supervillain. Oh, I know, and I hope he gets it. I mean, I I know you know he's tried. You know he's tried to to breed like gorillas and humans and things like that just so he could get some kind of superpower. Yeah, right. Well, and they should know, send Eddie Brock, the reporter, into his basement. To that's see, right. See that's right. And you know that guy he sent in the suit in the Tesla that he sent to space? Yeah. That was somebody that pissed him off. There's a body in that that he couldn't get rid of. There's a body in that spacesuit. Uh, my wife had a theory that it was actually okay. David Bowie. Wouldn't that be cool? David Bowie's body put in the, wow. t- the Tesla. And that's why, it wouldn't go, that's why he wouldn't crash on Mars. That's, it deliberately right. missed Mars to head out. to. And 50 years Mars. later, we're going to find this out. It's a, like, there's wouldn't that David be Bowie, awesome? Perfectly preserved in the, in the Off space. Off into space. And, and one day, uh, a human, human uh, like in Voyager, will find it, right? We'll find that satellite or we'll find that car out <laughs> in space. We'll yeah, years aboard. from now, this giant spaceship will come landing on the Earth and David Bowie will come out. <laughs> no, they'll find the Tesla in space still. Yeah. With Bowie going, what the fuck took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> I can only listen to that one song so many times. Yeah. Right? But yeah, that, wouldn't that be neat? That would be... That, see, but that's too good a story to be true. It's too good a story. Speaking of good stories, uh, news that we got recently, Ryan Coogler is going to return for Black Panther 2. Very, very happy. He was a genius in the first one. Mm-hmm. He put together that team that created the look of and uh, the actors. He got so many people on board with this project. It became a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very happy that somebody sees his value. Now, Tim Gunn, who Disney is making an example of, a very poor, poorly, I believe. Uh, yeah. Um, he's the worst example for this kind of behavior when there's worse pedophiles and predators out there that oh. they still employ. Yeah. Uh, but he is going over to DC to do Suicide Squad. Yeah. And he's going to do a whole new take. It's his. It's his take. They're giving him complete control to write it. And Batista's saying, "Hey, I'm go- I'm going over there with him. I hope he takes me with him. I love Batista. Batista don't give a shit. Dave and Batista's he was greatest. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. He's greatest Drax. He's going to be the next Rock when it comes to to these kind of action movies. Mm-hmm. He's got one coming on in a, like that. Everyone makes Die Hard in a soccer stadium. 
stadium. And I love those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. I love those brainless one hero sur- saves the day with his uh, daughter who is divorced from his wife. You know those ones? All of right? those, yeah. All of those. Yeah. I, I love all of those, and he's good in that. So, um, but, uh, yes? Marvel's loss w- with James Gunn leaving the Guardians of the Galaxy is DC's gain with Suicide Squad. I totally, think. totally. He's calling it Special Force X, I think, because that's what they were called before they were Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, that's what he's calling the script anyway. But they, I, I understand they've given him pretty pretty loose reins, like he got from Marvel after the success of the first Guardians. Mm-hmm. So um, I think DC, finally, they've used their brain and they've gra- they've grabbed somebody who is worthy of that. And you can see all the actors that want to work with him now. Yeah. I mean, I just hear everybody from Tom Cruise down Want a, want a piece of this. So they're all looking through their old comic books to see which kind of characters we can bring up again, mm-hmm. right? Um, Harley, of course. you got to have Harley in that. Of course, yeah. Um, I, and I don't know about Will Smith because, God, Will Smith is Deadshot was Will Smith playing Deadshot. Or Deadshot. It, it was Will Smith, yeah. It was Will Smith. You no. must be tripping. I, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind Deadshot. I mean, they, they've done, they did Deadshot on the, the Arrow TV series. Right, he, yeah. He, he wasn't, I mean, it was for TV. I think the animated Deadshot is better, yeah. and the cartoon Deadshot because he's more of an asshole, mm-hmm. and and but he's a he's got a heart of gold, but mm-hmm. you really got to bring it out of him, right? And the the Suicide Squad comic book with him and Catman mm-hmm. was a neat was a neat because they they two are a couple of alpha males who who but they really respect each other. They're real bros under the under the skin, mm-hmm. but they could both dish out the wet work um, and not feel bad about it. You know, they would more fight about why you didn't kill that guy as why you did. Right, yeah. um, so I would like to see Catman, but everyone would say, "Is he Batman?" Um, but again, Deadshot, you're right, it, but he was harmless. Yeah. Um, I, I do not want the Enchantress. I don't want Carla Delevingne near anything related to a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want people find her fu- her beautiful. Even made up, I find her homely and ugly. Well, you know? she she was a model. So, but then, you oh know, please, that, please, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Models. She worked for Carl Lagerfeld. Okay. I mean that guy's a freak to begin with. With now, this that, there's fan. a there's a comic book super villain. Oh, is there ever, eh? But he's he, not if he's enough. not a, if he's not a James Bond villain, I don't know what he is. Oh, I know he should have, he should have a Persian cat, uh, but he's not bright enough. He's not imaginative enough. Mm-hmm. He's not creative enough. I've, I've uh, seen some of his clothes. Yeah. Yeah, it's black. I know. It's it's very shades of black and the, and the, that's it's 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 styled nice, but they all look the same. Yeah. So how we ever find a muse in that? Piece of Florida ditch trash. I have no idea. Anyway, I just cannot stand her. But from the DC on the cinema to DC on television, the CW yes. is doing a crossover event with all of their superhero shows. What is it this year? They're introducing Batwoman. Yes, I saw uh, Ruby Rose. Uh, Ruby Rose. Uh, and I've seen, now the you've seen the costume. The costume looks awesome. Mm-hmm. For, that looks amazing. For a TV costume. I because I I like the, the the comic book costume I thought I would hope the red, that they yeah. would get close to it because it's such a great costume and they nailed it right and you never thought that that look would work like she basically looks like Batgirl but the red and the black mm-hmm. is 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 beautiful I loved it when when Nightwing um, did a little red and the black too yeah when when, when they that those colors those two colors together I think that's what it distinguished her and she didn't do a lot of of crossover Batman her own comic book was pretty much her. Uh, and the fact, and her adventures, and the fact that she's a lesbian too is also interesting. I think. Yeah. Um. She's got that marine background. There's a whole story there with her father. Um. And she's a relationship with Detective Montoya. Mm-hmm. So she's there's there's another good character you can add. Um. So I'm I'm excited for it. It's, Are they going it, into she, some kind of, another reality? Is it? Have we heard much about this, that story? I, I don't know, but she, I know that they're going to introduce her in the crossover, and she will eventually get her own series. Nice. So so the plan is that I will start watching. As a child, I had the same vision again and again. Now I understand its meaning and where it must lead. Spock. And there is a young Mr. Bearded Spock, of course, coming in Discovery that people are getting all butthurt about. Ethan Peck, Ethan grandson Peck. of Gregory Peck. Yeah, and he, he looks fine. God, you got the he point sounds, of the He sounds good. He sounds he sounds more like Leonard Nimoy than uh, Zachary Quinto does. Yeah, and Zachary Quinto had a little, little very emotional Zachary Quinto yeah. for a Vulcan. He got angry an awful lot. He did. He threw many a punch at his captain when, you know, he should have been, you know, Vulcans don't usually do that. You think being half human, he'd have to be a little more stable, yeah. right? 
to get into Starfleet. So I think someone pulled some strings for that Spock. Not that I don't mind him being there, but it, I think it was a little nepotism to get him on the flagship of the Federation. Well, could have you know. but, but Spock will be showing up in Star Trek Discovery, which premieres yes. in 2019 in January. 2019, man. Mm-hmm. I'm so looking forward to that whole yeah. show. And I saw the first uh, short for Runaway. I thought that was really good. We talked about that last time. Yep. And in uh, November 8th, there'll be the next one. November 8th. And, yeah, and what it's a different count? crew member. So it's a guy we haven't seen before. So I think he has another alien encounter. And I have a feeling all these alien encounters, when they go after these seven bursts of light, um, are going to matter. Oh, um, okay. You know, but, as you go along. Tilly met this queen of yeah. this planet that mines dilithium. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this queen, this young girl, had created a dilithium chamber. Mm-hmm. So her whole civilization is about to go into warp. Yeah. They, everything's going to change, but she's their queen and their inventor. Mm. So you know some's gonna she, Tilly's gonna have to call in a favor. So you think all of this stuff will? It, it has, the, yeah, the, I don't the, think it's just character stuff because we already know about Tilly. Yeah, right. And I think they're they're just giving people a little taste before mm-hmm. this happens. And I think they're setting little little breadcrumbs. Um, well, and I hope they are because I I, I would really think because they were smart last year. Yeah. They thought of a lot of things that I never thought of, like bringing bringing the. Uh, uh, jo- Captain Giorgio from the evil universe into our universe, mm-hmm. yeah. where she still exists in our universe, and, and she back, shows yeah. up yeah. On, on Discovery. So obviously, she's a part of the shenanigans, and I love her cold-blooded nature. And I love how she eats Saru's race on her side of the, of the evil side, right? They're a delicacy. Yeah. So when Saru and Saru knows this, so when he sees her, she's going to be, you know, dinner time, yep. and he's going to be like, Stop looking at my ganglia, right? With with that sauce in your mind. <laughs> that is that is messed up. Right. So that is going to be great, okay. and I hope they play that stuff because that is what makes the show worth it for me. A lot right? of stuff to look forward to. For two sisters together forever, united against life as we know it, with an appetite for the macabre. I'm slitting my throat. You should definitely hang. All it takes is one night and one bite. Let's get out of here. One scary movie I just want to bring up. Okay. Uh, one Canadian is called Ginger Snaps. Yes. I like the I recommend it. Uh, Catherine, what's Catherine? Um, uh, I want to say Catherine Winnick, but it's not. Uh, the two girls in it are very good. And mm-hmm. it's a vampire. It's a werewolf tale that mm-hmm. ties in female menstruation and female um, 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 socialization and high school empowerment. And it's actually very brilliant, very funny, and very scary. And there was uh, a, wasn't there a sequel to that? I, I believe so, yes. It wasn't as good as the first one. So, um, but the fir- Ginger Snaps. Emily Perkins. Yes. And, um, Catherine, and, uh, Catherine Isabel. Catherine Isabel. Thank yeah. you. Catherine Isabel. And she's gorgeous. When she goes all werewolf and she gets sexy in that school, yeah. woof, woof, right? <laughs> uh, she can bite me all she wants. She can give me that curse. All she wanted. Um, but there's, it's very good, Ginger Snaps. And I, it's because it's Canadian, I like to give it a, a shout-out every year. And again, it's not so scary. It's like Creep Show or Trick or Treat. I wish there was one like that every year, like a Trick or Treat movie mm-hmm. with, with uh, Sam. You know Sam, that little kid, right? Yeah. With the with the that uh, kills people who ruin pumpkins, mm-hmm. he was introduced. Now, you seen the movie Trick or Treat? I haven't seen it. Trick or okay, it's like Creep Show where they have different episodes, short mm-hmm. little stories. They have about four little stories. I wish they would get young directors every Halloween, put together a four little scary stories with some new celebrities, young celebrities, uh, and put it out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to watch a good one that's kind of child friendly but a little scary, Trick or Treat is the one. And that's where they introduce Sam, that little kid who um, is now – he's got the pumpkin for a head and a little um, burlap uh, costume, and he walks around with that uh, right. sucker, right? Yeah, and he's the newest um, 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 monster for Halloween, and he was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And like Creep Show, not too scary, but you know, um, ones like that I really, I really enjoy. Well, that's a winner of an idea. Yes. And someone should call Big dish of beef chow mein. Ah, ooh, 
kitchen door You better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again Gent who ran amok in Kent Lately he's been overheard in Mayfair You better stay away from him He'll rip your lungs out, Jim I'd like to meet his tailor This has been a COC production. See you.